This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. This is Dina. I wrote in and you weren't... My name was... It's Dina, not Deanna. I was named after my dad, Dean. Um, well, I'm at work, still listening to y'all, and I finally heard my email on a podcast, and I was so super excited. Keep your time ticking. Love y'all. So if you were excited to hear your name, you're going to be, like, super, super excited that... Uh we just played your voice on the podcast. We sure did. And thank you for letting us know that your name is in indeed Dina, not Deanna. Just a real quick hot take here. Me and Charity, not so good with names. No, I think they know that. I think they do. Like yeah. if they don't by now. We like, try, but that's why if we don't know for sure, we will absolutely ask and you guys can let us know. As you I'm do, and I love as it. horrible with names as she is. I just make fun of her about him. Yeah, he makes it sound like I mess up all the time, and he never does. And I can assure you all that is incorrect. All right, I'll come clean. I mess up a lot too. Yeah, but he controls all the controlly things over there. I so, have uh, all the buttons yeah. at my disposal. Yeah, so he decides what does what. What really stinks is we have a brand new mixer today, so we might sound a little bit different. We might. We're still dialing it in, but I don't have the cat in here anymore. That meow. Uh, we got to get it again. I have to put it back in yeah. the system because all I have is like stupid stuff. Like Mark's like a kid in the candy store right now. Say, say a joke. I don't have one. Oh, maybe pretend Charity said something I... funny. <laughs> See that? Like I got little buttons here. He's so excited. Do you know what else I got? What? Our crime creeps never, ever, never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Gonna read your response and make you laugh. Forever. Look at that. New career. We're so good at singing. So no, we are not. <laughs> if I start singing, the first thing my girlfriend does is like, will you stop? It please? happened just 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Actually, it did. I forgot about yep. that. So uh, our crime creep, Tim, said, since I'm from Ohio, I figured I would give you 10 weird laws in Ohio. Wonderful. So then I got thinking, I'm like, 
we should have people send us weird stuff that's in their area that we don't even know about. Yeah. So I'm going to read them from right from his list. Okay. Because some of these are pretty good. Number one, women are prohibited from wearing patent leather shoes in public. Oh, okay. It makes you wonder. Yeah. Like, why did that become a law? You can wear the regular leather, just not the shiny ones. All right. Just all right. So keep this in mind. I'm keeping it in mind. It is illegal to fish for whales on Sunday. <laughs> Guys, this is Ohio. It's the, uh, maybe the whales just they want to have Charity. one day to. Charity, oh, okay. think about this. This is Ohio. Oh, oh, that makes not much sense at all. No. Hmm. There's no whales in Ohio. <laughs> that went right over your head for a minute. It did. <laughs> it is illegal to get a fish drunk. <laughs> Why? What if it's happy hour? What if know. you spill your drink in the, by accident? I like his. So he put little uh, exclamation points underneath. But he's my drinking buddy also. How would I no. <laughs> drink like a fish? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. The Ohio Driver's Education Manual states that you must honk the horn whenever you pass another car. Oh, okay. I usually flip them off. Oh. I'm an angry driver. Kristen hates driving with me because I will get right on your AWS and either make you speed up or pull over. And then I'll proceed to flip you off, blow the horn, and pass you. Wow, that's 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 definitely a Massachusetts dr- driver. <laughs> yeah, but I'm from New Hampshire. Uh, I know, but but I drive for a living, so I see lots of idiots. So you got to remember that. Keep that in mind. That's people. true. That's true. And New Hampshire drivers are not much better than Massachusetts ones. All right, moving on. It is illegal for more than five women to live in a house. That's odd. It f- more than five women, so yep. you can have up to five women. Yep. Okay. Can't have more. <laughs> Where do these come from? I don't the know. Hysterical. Just think about this. All right. So you live with your parents. Yeah. yeah. As right. a married couple. So let's just run this. So you have your mom in the house. Okay. And now you're a woman. So there's two. So now if your sister's there, there's three. What if you have any female children? I mean, they're not. Once you hit five, they're out. So where do they have to go? To a new know. house? I didn't create the law, Charity. I'm oh, just okay. Reading oh, sorry, it. sorry. My bad. All right. Posting signs at a swimming pool is illegal in Akron. Like any type of sign. Yep. Signs. Even like a no dive sign. Apparently. Oh, okay. It is also illegal in Akron to display colored chickens for sale. Colored chickens? Colored chickens. That's, That's not illegal. fair. Charity, what are you in here for? Buying a colored chicken? Yeah, I sold one. <laughs> We're next to the murderers. Oh, my God. Think about that. Uh, it is illegal to walk a cow down Lake Road in Bay Village. Just Lake Road? Yep. In that particular village. Apparently, Something must have happened with a, cow, with a cow. It makes me wonder. Yeah. The installation and usage of slot machines in outhouses is prohibited in Bexley. <laughs> Because there's nothing I would much rather do while dropping a deuce and then playing a slot machine. What if you win big? You might. Yeah, but if that might, change falls on the what? floor. You know what? Your pants. Oh, I mean, come on now. That's true. That's true. 
If someone loses their pet tiger, they must notify the authorities within one hour. I mean, that one I kind of get. Come on, Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah, those tigers can be a little, you know what? So, Mark. Oh, boy. Do you have some? I do. Oh, I The love creeps, it. you guys are amazing. We, we ask and you deliver. So, um, these are some weird alab- uh, Alabama laws, and they were sent to us by Amanda. Hey, so what's I'm gonna, up, Amanda? I'm going to get right in. I, th- I have just a few of them. All right. I love it. In Alabama, it's illegal to tie your pet alligator to a fire hydrant. So if you t- are taking a stroll, enjoying a beautiful day, and want to, you know, pop into a coffee shop to get your favorite iced coffee, do not, under any circumstances, leave your alligator tied to a fire hydrant. Make sure you tie him to a tree or something while you're in the shop. Or... Maybe ask a fellow pedestrian if they would mind watching him for a few. That one's odd to me. Why? A, who has pet alligators? Clearly someone did at some point. B, I could actually see where this law may have happened. (laughs) All right. I'm just putting my hypothetical hat on here. What do you think happened? What's a fire hydrant used for? Putting out fires. All right. So the building's on fire, but the firemen get there and there's an alligator tied to that fire hydrant. They're going to be able to hook a hose to it. But why so specific as to say an alligator? Wouldn't it be like, don't tie anything to the fire hydrant? Or is that just no? No, because if Sophie the crime kitty was tied to the fire hydrant, I'm pretty sure they would be able to go pet her and do their job. They'd probably uh, go to reach in and grab but, that okay, and lose an arm. But there's other animals that are dangerous. Okay. Name one in Alabama that you don't want to tie to a fire hydrant. I don't know. Some dogs could be. Yeah, puppy dogs. Those are those are nothing. <laughs> Alligators do have big teeth. Those things are scary. so. I kind of get that. So here's another one. I'm sure we have all seen a nose picker while driving, right? Yeah, heck, some of us have all been heck, nose pickers. Heck, while maybe driving. we've been bo- bo- boogie pickers at, at times and didn't <laughs> even realize it. Just be careful if you do this in Alabama. If you are seen picking your nose and flicking your boogies, you could face prosecution. Yep, it's totally illegal to flick those salty little green guys. Better off to grab a tissue or napkin. Side note, it's unknown the actual con- what the actual consequences are. I think they should make them eat them. <laughs> Ew, Charity. Like, I've done a lot of weird, nasty things in my life. I can honestly say eating my boogers is not one of them. No. It's just not a thing not for me. Not on purpose, anyways. Remember when you were a little kid and... You- the winters around here and you'd be playing outside in the freezing cold and you'd have a runny nose. You can't tell me you didn't ingest some boogies. You yeah, can't tell me that. That's different. That's, yeah. that's a consequence. Right. Of a good Actually time. picking the nose, looking at the booger and placing it in the mouth. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's so gross. No. I see people do that. Yeah. I just like, Oh, that's why they should allow the flicking. I mean, who's it hurting unless it lands on somebody. All right. F- follow me here. Okay. You are in your car. Okay. You get your window down. Charity's digging for gold. She's knuckle deep. (laughs) Oh, she got a nice one. Gross. She rolls her window down, guys. She flicks it out the window. Charity doesn't do that, by the way. It goes into the car next to her through the open window. But how are they going to know what it is? Stop, 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 stop. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Hits him in the eyeball. Uh Uh-oh. He now jerks his car left, causes an 87 car pileup. You know what? It makes total sense now. It does. It does. That law is perfectly (laughs) intact for me. <laughs> okay. Here's another one. I, a, I should probably become a lawyer. You, you, probably, should. you guys are right. It is illegal to catcall women 
in Mobile, Alabama. What exactly is a cat call? Is that the... When they whistle. <whistles> that thing? Yep. This law was made because at one point in time, most of the city was military. And Mobile thought this kind of behavior embarrassed women. I have I a question. I have a question. It does. Well, I have a question. Sure. What about men? Can you cat call a man, you know, one working hard outside, <laughs> maybe doing some construction? <laughs> I can see charity now. And the Tammy that you know. Yes. I was at work when I was doing this up. She um, also had a question to ask. Why is it called cat call when it's a whistle? And then she said, wouldn't a cat call be meow? Meow. <laughs> I have to get that back in here. I know. I, I am actually debating stopping the episode uh, long enough to reload that in because I don't even know where Or I got does it. it embarrass men if women did it? I'll tell you what. As a guy. Yeah. Would you be embarrassed by it or would you make you feel good? Because I'm a macho-y, masculine gentlemen. Yes. I have zero problems with women catcalling me. Okay. Hell, give me flowers. That's oh. cool. Like men like things women like too. They just like some sort of attention. But what if they were catcalling and it was like not it was really dirty. What? You mean like mud on the ground? No, like dirty words. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> you remember this is me. <laughs> oh, I just snorted. I have zero Offensive bones in my body. He does. People can pretty much say whatever they want that to me. That part's true about him. All I right, would this love is, it. This is I the, expect 20 people to catcall me in my DMs now. Oh, my God. Please. I, I, I could see it now. I'll be getting texts. Got another. <laughs> I'm going to get a voicemail. It's just meow. Meow. <laughs> I love that. Oh, this is the last weird Alabama law that I have for today. Okay. Not. There's probably more. Be I think there's a lot of weird laws in yeah. Alabama. Be careful not to fall in love with a porcupine in Alabama. Oh, boy. Even if it's like making eyes at you, Mark, and winking. What if a cat calls me? Just look away. It's too dangerous. Dangerous in more than one way. Okay. I mean, a porcupine wouldn't be my first animal to choose to fall in love with, but it must have been someone's at some point. I'm <laughs> to scared to, to know be, where you're going with To this. being illegal in Alabama to love this prickly little animal. Guys, I don't know why, but they had to have been. People? <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I can't even imagine. It's pretty delightful. Charity, I can't begin to tell you how much I love every time you say delightful. <laughs> it just makes my day. Good. Do you know what does not make my day? What? Brian Laundry. Yeah. Bertolino. Yeah. They're back in the news, guys. So I'm up in the air on how I feel about the lawsuit. Yeah. Because... Uh, there's no way that I think we can solidly prove that the parents knew something. And I am a stickler for the law. I don't care whether it's good or bad. I am a stickler for the law. Yeah, I think they would have to have concrete physical evidence. And that's going to be really hard to prove, I would think. I had an in-depth conversation with the one and only birthday girl, Aubrey Beaudry, my daughter. That's right. On her way home from work today about this very case. We were Did discussing really? this for like 20 minutes. Nice. Kristen's sitting there annoyed because she had to have the TV muted. And me and Aubrey just talking away about Brian Laundrie and his douchebag parents and Bertolino. But as much as we hate them as people... 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We don't know if they knew anything or not. So our instant reaction, this country seems to react on... Feelings more than law sometimes. When yes, it's, I when it's them, sadness but, like that, it, yeah. you do. And, and even if you say that you're a person who tries not to or doesn't, it's really hard when it's an emotional, emotional situation. We all do it. All do it. Yep. But at the same token, there's no way to prove it. No. But what else came out that Bertolino just gave back parts of the diary that were found. Really? So in it, Brian Laundrie actually admits to killing her. And other news that was in there that I didn't know, he said that he did it because she wanted him to. Really? Supposedly, she fell and she was injured. But in her autopsy report, there wasn't any... I know. That's why I was... So this came to me in our crime creep group today. Yeah, I think that he... I mean, to me, maybe he wrote that hoping someone would find it so it looked less... Like it was. I, I mean, feel she was, like I'm talking to Aubrey right now. She was strangled. <laughs> she was strangled to death. Was having. Oh yeah. And they would have, if there were other injuries on her or head blunt force, it would have come out in the autopsy report. But if you remember, they didn't give us a full autopsy report. That it, that part is true. We haven't been privy to any of that information yet, so we don't know. But why would they hold that part? I wonder. Good question. Huh. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So Aubrey's take on this was that he knew that his his goose was cooked, basically. Yeah. So he wanted to take all of the blame without taking the blame and pull it off of her his parents and put it all on him. Right. Which I kind of feel like, yeah, he had to somewhat set the record straight. But I need to know more about this fall. Yeah. And I need to know more about, you know, her injuries that she supposedly received. Because if this is what he did... He's using as his his excuse, and why run and kill yourself then? Exactly, and there are so many other options. Why would you just if your girlfriend says kill kill me? Why would you just kill her like that? If she was if she had fallen, no matter what the case, wouldn't if you loved her that much, wouldn't you do anything possible to find find help first if she was injured? Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel kind of like what. Aubrey had said to me that, yeah, this was a lot of let me take the blame off of everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have a hard time with lawsuits against family members because there's no way to, A, really prove it. So imagine now, let's take the shoes off and let's, you know, put them on the other feet here for a minute, guys. I'm not saying what I agree with, what I don't, because it's not up for me to decide this. But let's say, for instance, you were in this situation and this was your child who murdered his daughter, you know, his girlfriend that, you know, you loved at this point too. Right. And now you really don't know what's happening. You didn't know what's happening. And now you're being called and repeatedly saying like, oh, you knew and this and that go to jail. And and you're still grieving the loss of your, of child, your child as well. As well. Yep. So I think we still need to reserve a little bit of judgment until we have more info. Yeah. We don't have the facts. One thing that we do have facts on is Brian Laundrie is still a douchebag. 
Oh, definitely. In my opinion. Yes. I have to put the air opinion quotes. Opinion. Yep. But it's just sad. That's that case still reminds us of how much stuff actually goes on behind the scenes that we don't know. And that's why I think we had such a hard time with it because you have these two people that came across in this video that were just full of life and full of look at our life is perfect. Things are great. And then yep. behind the scenes, they just really weren't. And there's so many situations just like that. And the problem that we have is people strive to try to have the life that they were leading. Right. Not realizing what's going on. Right. It's just a perpetual motion machine. True. It was. It's sad. Very sad. All right. So what do you have for us today, Miss Charity? We're going to be talking about Rodney Alcala. That is a name I do not know. Yeah. Would you like me to read? I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. Rodney James Alcala was born on August 23rd, 1943 in Antonio, Texas, to Mexican-American parents, Raul Alcala Buguar and Anna Marie Gutierrez. His given name was Rodrigo J- Jax Alcala Buguar. I'm sure I'm messing that, that up. That is a mouthful. Yes. The family was religious, and Rodney and his siblings all attended private Catholic schools. Rodney had no trouble making friends and always had good grades. Raul moved his family to Mexico in 1951. This included Rodney's grandmother. She had always lived with the family. He was just eight years old at the time. He continued to attend private Catholic school in Mexico, but after just three years of living there, Raul left his family, not being able to provide a home for them or feed them. That's nice, huh? Mm. Sorry, I can't provide for you, so I'm just going to like peace out. I can't feed everybody, so I'm going to choose to feed myself. Yeah. Bye. I hate that. Yeah. This was in 1954. Rodney was 11 at the time. It's been said that at the same time his father left, his beloved grandmother passed away. Oh, that sucks. So sad. These are two pretty traumatic events for an 11-year-old to go through, but Rodney seemed to handle it okay. Anna had no choice but to move her family to Los Angeles. Rodney continued in school. He was very polite and liked by all of his teachers. As he grew older, he bounced around to a couple different Catholic schools, but always did very well academically. He also didn't have a lack of friends. He was very well liked by his peers and by all accounts, very social. So this particular dude is a conundrum to me because besides his father leaving, that happens to a lot of families. Mm -hmm. um, And I, I don't think communication was fully cut off. From what I read, it alluded that they still talked, but his father just couldn't, you know, who knows what he was going to Hey, maybe his father had some mental issues. Who knows, right? I think you have to, to just be able to take off like that. But he had a good life. His family loved him. His mother loved him. As we read on, it's going to be shocking what it turns into. You scare me when you say that kind of stuff. Sorry. My bad. I know because you make me fall in love with these people and feel bad. And then you Mm -hmm. come out and you say all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. I felt bad for them 10 minutes ago. His mother was said to be very proud of her son. Very proud. Rodney enjoyed school very much and it was easy for him, but he wanted to see what going to public school was like. He begged and he pleaded with his mother to let him finish his last few years of high school attending public school. He finally wore her down and she allowed it to happen. The teenager was a good-looking kid, had great grades, was super polite, and very involved in school activities. He dated more than one girl during his high school years. He seemed to be an all-around well-adjusted kid. It's, I just, there was nothing. You were not following this normal path that we see. No, that's why I was like, this is one of the, maybe one of the first ones 
or first few that we've done where it's like, what happened? Mm. After graduating high school at the age of 17, he decided to join the United States Army, where he worked as a clerk. Things are going to start getting a little weird and out of character, according to his mother. In 1964, Anna got a knock on her door. When she opened it, she was in shock to see her son. Rodney had apparently hitchhiked home from base to see his mother. He was AWOL. Anna couldn't understand why her son would do that. After all, he had never been in trouble. So totally out of character for him. Kid's never been in trouble in his life, never been in trouble with the law, never, like, from, from what I understand, no suspicious activity, no harming animals, no, none of that, it seems. And now all of a sudden, he just up and goes AWOL and shows up at his mother's door. Yeah, this is odd. So she pleaded with him to turn himself in right away. He did listen to his mother and he did turn himself in. It was clear Rodney was going through emotional distress. The 21-year-old was having a nervous breakdown or so it was thought. So she was very concerned. His mother was very concerned about him. Told a lot of character from the Rodney she knew. And he just seemed very nervous. He couldn't explain why. He didn't know why. Um, and he just, he seemed like he was in some sort of distress. The army had psychological, psycho, <laughs> psychologists. I love this. <laughs> Evaluate him. And a few diagnoses came about. He was discharged from the army due to these diagnoses. He clearly wasn't mentally capable of fulfilling his duties. He was sent to an army hospital for mental care. Anna was very worried about her boy, but was sure the doctors would be able to help him. So she's thinking, okay, he's in the right place. These people are going to make sure he's okay, fix, it, fix him, right? So um, Rodney was diagnosed with personality disorder and a handful of other mental disorders. One of these was narcissistic personality disorder. We just talked about this in the Richard Cottingham episodes. I bet if he had been evaluated, it would have been made clear that he had this disorder for sure. Right. Rodney was also diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Let's contact Miss Wikipedia. Oh, I like that. Yeah. To see what she has to say. I wanted to make her cute. Borderline personality disorder or BPD, also known as emotional unstable personality disorder, EUPD, is a personality disorder characterized by a long-term pattern of unstable interpersonal relationships, distorted sense of self, and strong emotional reactions. Those affected often engage in self-harm and other dangerous behaviors, often due to the difficulty with returning their emotion level to a healthy, normal baseline. They may also struggle with a feeling of emptiness, fear of abandonment, and detachment from reality. He was said to have traits of sexual sadism as well. I, like, I don't, can you be like, I'd be so shocked if I was his mother. Right. Like he was, he was. The perfect child. He's yeah. a golden boy. It's so weird. Again, we just talked about this in the last episode, inflicting pain during sexual acts to achieve arousal. I don't get that either. Yeah, I don't either. Many have said Rodney was a psychopath. Miss Wiki says psych, psychopath. Psychopathy. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna make it roll. Psychopathy. Is <laughs> that? Am I rolling. saying that right? Psy I, whatever. I don't see the is, word. <laughs> whatever is characterized by a persistent antisocial behavior, impaired empathy and remorse, and bold, disinhibited, and egotistical traits. I did that pretty darn well, and my hands are on my hips right now because those are all big words. I'm so proud me. of you. Those are big words. Yeah. This Care was to use your big words. <laughs> 
I'm so proud. <laughs> this was not the boy that had so many friends and did so well in school. This was an entirely different person, it seemed. The Cleveland Clinic says, Mark, most personality disorders begin in the teen years when your personality further develops and matures. As a result, almost all people diagnosed with personality disorders are above the age of 18. Wow, this dude has a lot going on. I felt bad for him at this point in his life. I really do. Yep. Rodney was also given an IQ test by the military during his mental evaluation. I'm going to say he's probably super smart. Yep, and it was high. How high, you ask? Genius. Genius status, sorry. Genius status. Snoop Dogg level high. <laughs> that yeah, was good. Yeah, that's a good one. I just saw what you did there. Mark made it that funny. Mark made it funny. Once released from the hospital, hopefully feeling a little more stable, Rodney decided he wanted to further his education. He, he was accepted to UCLA School of Fine Arts. Again, he excelled, and he graduated with his degree in fine arts in 1968. Here is a disclaimer. Oh, boy. I like your disclaiming. Did I say it right? You did. Rodney went on to commit his first crime the following year, and it involves a child. Ugh, scumbag. We can now add pedophile to the list of his mental disorders. It gets bad, guys. September 25th, 1969, an eight-year-old second grader named Tally Shapiro was walking to school on Sunset Boulevard. Tally took school very seriously and didn't like taking the bus. She would wake up extra early and get ready so she could walk instead. She was walking alone, minding her own business, when a man pulled up in his car and asked the little girl if she wanted a ride. This man was 25-year-old Rodney. In an interview with People magazine, Tally had this to say as an adult. I told him I didn't talk to strangers. That is when he told me he knew my parents. I really didn't want to get into the car, but I was raised to respect my elders. So that's sad, right? So that's, you know, we're going back now all these years ago. She, you know, he's saying he knows her parents. She's thinking to herself, oh, I'll ride to school. I don't have to walk. It's just sad. And she's only eight. Mm. There was a local man in his car watching the entire event. Rodney slowly driving next to the little girl and finally getting in. The sick man asked Tally what time she had to be to school. When she told him, he said he wanted to bring her to his apartment real quick to show her an amazing psychedelic coaster he had there. The Good Samaritan followed the car all the way until it got to where Rodney lived. He watched the two get out and go into the building. He decided better safe than sorry and got out of his car and called the police from a nearby payphone. He told the police he didn't know what he had witnessed, but it could have been an abduction. The police thanked the caller and told him to stay put and wait for the officer's arrival and said he did the right thing by calling. See, this is the perfect example of seeing something and saying something. We say it all the time. A police officer arrived and knocked on Rodney's door. He heard a man's voice saying, one minute, I just got out of the shower. This officer found the suspicious and called for backup. He now yelled for Rodney to open the door or they were going to break it down. That's exactly what they did. And what they found was a scene none of them will ever forget. Oh, no. Rodney had escaped through a back door. Some of the officers went off looking for him. Little Tally was found naked with her legs spread open. She had a dumbbell laying across her neck and had a huge gash on the back of her head. Blood was rapidly coming out of the wound. Blood was also coming out of her vagina area. Oh, my God. It was clear she had been beaten and raped. Her face was pale white, and she looked dead. One of the officers quickly removed the dumbbell and saw that the eight-year-old had a slight pulse. 
She was rushed to the hospital where she had emergency surgery to try and save her life. Tally received over 27 stitches to the back of her head, but her life had been saved. Thank God. It's because of that. Quick acting. The quick acting Good Samaritan. Yeah. There. Well, that in the Good Samaritan. Yeah. They wouldn't have even known. This is something right here that just goes to show you, like we always say, see something, say something. This could have had a completely different outcome. Yep. She had to stay in the hospital for months. Luckily, she didn't remember the attack itself, which is a blessing. Her parents were so distraught over what happened to their little girl, they decided to move out of the country oh and my make God. a fresh start. They wanted far away from this dude. Rodney knew he needed to leave the state, so he fled to New York. Not able to track him down and wanting to get him for the horrible attack on Tali, officials added him to the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives. So they knew who he was oh, yeah. because he was in the apartment. They knew what his name was. He decided he wanted to continue his education, this time in film. Oh, boy. He was able to enroll at New York University. He used the alias John Berger and was said to be a kind, helpful, very bright student. He was loved by the professors and his peers. Man, you just never know who your friends are or acquaintances are. Oh, Think yeah. about that for a second. That's scary. Like everybody they talk to, Mark, they will, oh my God, such, such a helpful student willing to help his fellow you know, I just, oh my God, I can't even imagine. How many it. times do we hear people, you know, like this described it? Oh, he was so charming and yeah. so wonderful. And yep. He, he, you know, I'm I would have never expect yeah. this. Yep. He was lucky enough to have Roman Polanski as his mentor. Roman was the famous Polish and French film director, producer, screenwriter, and actor. He was responsible for Rosemary's Baby. He was literally no joke, Mark. He received five Oscar nominations and two Golden Globes. And in 2003, he won Best Director for The Pianist. Talk about being two different people. Right. Like, I, I just can't fathom it. To be that good, to be able to like be at literally two different people when you're needed to be. Mm -hmm. Rodney continued to be a different person than John Berger as he decided to strike again. 23-year-old Cornelia... Michael Crilly was happily working as a flight attendant living at 427 East 83rd Street in New York. Her life couldn't have been going better. She had a loving boyfriend named Leon Borstein and had made so many friends working for TWA. All those close to her called her by her middle name, Michael. Michael was originally from Queens, but had recently moved to Manhattan to live near her friends and boyfriend. So it was said that in Manhattan, there was a specific area in Manhattan that all like single independent women were living. So there was just a whole bunch of them and she was, she was living with a bunch of different um, flight attendants and they all kind of lived together. She and her mother were super close and they talked multiple times during the day. Almost a full day went by and her mother was unable to reach her. So she made a call to Michael's boyfriend, Leon, and asked if he would mind stopping by to check on her. So that was very out of character. Mm. She never went that long without talking to her daughter. He had also not been able to get a hold of his girlfriend and was a little worried. Leon became much more worried and called the police when he arrived at Michael's apartment. And the door was locked and there was absolutely no movement or sound inside. Leon decided to call the police so that they could check on the young woman. Good for him for like calling the police and not just trying to break down the door or whatever. There were no signs of forced entry. The door was locked. The police had no choice but to break it down. They found Michael's body laying on the floor. She had been strangled by a stocking that was still tied around her neck. Oh. 
Her own clothing had been stuffed in her mouth and her bottom half was nude. The young woman had been violently raped and assaulted. One of the officers told Leon that there was a deceased woman that needed to be identified. He couldn't bring himself to do it. He just didn't want to see the love of his life lifeless. That's sad. I can't imagine that. Leon did eventually volunteer to identify Michael's body. Her family just couldn't bear to do it. So he even stepped up and was like, I'll, I'll do it. You know, that's, that's a really nice person to do that. Cause it's, Oh, I can't even imagine being in that situation. Samples were taken from Michael's body and any evidence officials could find DNA was not a thing in 1971. Unfortunately, this case stayed cold for decades during the summer while attending NYU Rodney, AKA John would work as a camp counselor at a children's camp in New Hampshire. Which one? I don't know. I didn't say. Oh man. Now you have me wondering. But literally with children and he he was asked to come back every summer. That's how much they loved him. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He was adored by the children and all the other camp workers. He was said to be a role model for many. Two little girls from the camp had walked downtown and they walked by like the post office, I guess. They saw an FBI most wanted poster. So they were kind of like giggling and looking at it and like giving like, like making up backstories for like the creepy looking guys and stuff. They were shocked when they saw a man that looked just like their beloved camp counselor, John. Only his name was, only his name was Rodney. Yep. They ran back to the camp and told the head counselor who then went and looked at the photo as well. He knew this pedophile couldn't be the same man that treated the children with such love and encouragement but he did the right thing and called the FBI number anyway. Rodney was arrested and sent back to California where he attacked Hallie. This part's upsetting. Since the family wasn't living in the country anymore, they wouldn't allow Hallie to testify against her attacker. They probably felt it would be too emotionally damaging. For this reason, Rodney only received 17 months for assault and did time under a program named In. Indeterminate sentencing. Indeterminate sentencing. All right, here I have a problem. Yeah. Whether she testifies or not, they saw what they, he did to I her. don't, I don't, yeah, I know, I know. This guy should have been put in jail for the rest of his life right there. Mm-hmm. I have issues, yep. big issues with this. And they, they knew he had a problem because they put him in this indeterminate sentencing program. So what this is, it's, it's kind of a rehabilitation for criminals, supposedly. Criminals they think that could be rehabilitated. Out on parole after I'm going to do a hot take here. Yeah. Yes, I did move my hand like this. Because he did. I'm, the I'm more you know. Pissed yeah. right now. He's mad. Like this guy, there should be no sentence. Mm-mm. There should be, you're done. Yeah. He, she, she would have died if that good Samaritan didn't see them. She would have died if, if the cops hadn't acted so quickly. So this could have been a, a, you know, that would have been a whole different story, right? He... Sliced the back of her head, put a weight over her. So she couldn't get up. Molested yeah. her. Eight years old. Think of how little eight year old girl. That literally the police, one of the police officers had to do counseling after that. Yeah. And he was a war vet and he'd seen horrible things, but he said that nothing compared to that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yep. This is what's wrong with this country right now. Yep. I'm sorry. That makes me so mad. I agree. Out on parole after being, you know, fixed, Rodney didn't waste any time. He picked up a 13-year-old girl named Julie at the bus stop, offering her a ride to school. Of course, he didn't bring her to school, but instead brought her to a state park, forced her to make out with him, and offered her weed. Like, literally, they said, literally just 
randomly stuck his tongue down her mouth. And she was like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? Freaked out. Right. A park ranger intercepted and called the police. When a background check was run, it showed that Rodney violated his parole and violated Julie. Julie was a strong girl and he, she actually testified against him in court, explaining how he assaulted her. So it didn't really say much more about forcing the kiss. So I think there was a little more to it. Mm. Um, I don't think he penetrated her, but I do think he did very inappropriate things to an underage girl. I can't stand people like him. Well, Mark, it was decided by the courts that he needed more years of fixing. And um, so had, they made him serve two more years um, as the indeterminate sentence. Again, because, you know, that must not have been long enough to fix him. So they sent him back. Ah, oh, Mark's mad. Back out again, Rodney was able to get a job at the Los Angeles Times as a typewriter. Even though he was a registered sex offender, this was in 1977. Yeah, so he, you know, he's rehabilitated now. Yep. So yeah, now they, he can get a job at the Los Angeles him. Times. They fixed him. I forgot. He was doing great, working away and making sure he always checked in with his parole officer. He was doing so well. He was able to convince his parole officer to let him travel to New York to visit some extended family. Um, it's a big no-no for a parole officer to allow this of a criminal convicted of more than one offense. So that was a big, mm-mm, should not have done that, dude. It was during this time that it was that it's believed Rodney picked his next victim. This was 23-year-old Ellen Jane Hoover, the daughter of the Hollywood Club Ceros. She was the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. It was in 1977 when Ellen went missing. She just vanished. The only evidence they had was a name written in a book. This name was John Berger. Her mother and, law- and lawyer stepfather were quick to put up an award for anyone that had any information on her disappearance. Her stepfather also hired a PI to investigate who this John Berger was. All he could find out was that he was a local photographer and not much other information than that. It would be 11 months later when Ellen's remains were found scattered on the Rockefeller estate in Westchester County. It seemed Rodney was getting away with murder once again, at least for now. Here is a little twist. Are you ready? I am. Tell me what you think about this. Back in California in 1978, and just added an R, I think. Yep, you did, California. Anyways, the Hillside Strangler was running rampant, causing mass hysteria. We'll have to cover that lunatic at some point for sure. Talk about Cray Cray. The guy was crazy. Because of Rodney's convictions, he was actually brought in by police as a suspect. They cleared him of being the Hillside Strangler or having any involvement. Little did the authorities know he wasn't that particular serial killer, but they had just interviewed a different one altogether. Isn't that messed up? How many times has that happened, do you think? Oh, I don't know. That's I don't crazy. Know. Seriously. I'm kind of blown away with that. He's like probably in there chuckling going, wow, that other guy's dumb. I'm pretty smart. Because clearly, I mean, narcissistic behavior, right? So he, these people can convince, they are so good. If you are truly a narcissist, you can convince anybody of anything and they will believe you. I think I have some narcissistic tendencies, but I'm not a narcissist all the way. You're not a narcissist. <laughs> what, guys, he's, what are you a narcissist about? It's all about me, Charity. Well, sometimes. No, I'm just joking. He is just joking. He is not having that at all. Some of these people believe their own Kool-Aid. 
They really do. Oh, they I think tell he for lies. sure did. I think he for sure did. For yeah. so long. I think yeah. eventually it blurs the lines between what they what they believe and what they think is actually true. So here's my question up until this point. I want your opinion on it. And the crime creeps can jump in as well. Do you think that he had always had the narcissistic part and knew he was a little messed up in the head as a kid, but was so good at hiding it? Or do you think it truly did develop when he hit that the age of 18 and he started getting the mental issues. I don't think really probably the age of 18, but I think more when, you know, he probably started to mature mentally, things didn't go the correct way. So it okay. maybe didn't happen before 18 and didn't really understand what they were and probably had a little bit of a hold on them and could keep them down a little but bit. But I mean, he, he is violent. Yes. You would think that would have been shown somewhere as a child or like a teacher would have noticed something or a friend would have noticed something. That's a good point. All right, he so was, that, he's, this isn't just like he is. He that is, first crime that he was found in the process of doing with that, that, that little girl, that's not something you just up and decide to do one day. So I get what you're saying. Right, you're not only just, you have this little girl. You're not only just horrible enough raping her. You, your intent was to kill her and yeah. torture her. So he, he lived his life at a zero like everybody with crime levels and then instantly went to a 10. Yeah, that's, that's how it looks, right? Yes. That's why I'm wondering if there's parts that we may not, they may not ha be able to find. I think there's a good point there. Maybe there's things that aren't being reported, for one, that were happening in his childhood. And again, it was so long ago. Well, you know. I mean, most mothers, you look, oh, not my boy. Right. My boy's perfect. That's the thing, too. Maybe, maybe, I mean, she was said to be shocked because he had never been in trouble before. That she knew of. That she knew of. So How many times know. do criminals, when they get arrested, it's not usually on their first crime? Oh, never. So who knows how far along his crime path he already was? I mean, we do have some triple Ds that I think it was probably but, their first. Yes, yeah, some of those are pretty, <laughs> pretty dumb. We need more of the triple D nakedities. Those ones oh, people love. Yeah, those were good. Those were really good. Guys, remember, it. you can send those to us when you follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Oh, did we already tell them at one point when they go over to Apple to leave a five star, they should put nakedity? I think we did. I think we might have. Yeah, put so any of the words, any of the fun words, guys. You know the... the Case watch fun words. They know the they know the yeah, they know the lingo by now. George Carlin had the dirty words. We have the fun words. We have the fun words. We Make actually we got a couple more. Douche diddity. Douche diddity. Oh, <gasps> just made a new one. That's so good. That's this week's word, guys. Douche Five star review. Douche diddity. Spell it however you want. As long as we can tell that it's douche diddity. And guys, if you don't have an Apple phone, just borrow someone's. Yeah. Or just sit next to like, say you're out to lunch with like one of your really good friends, right? And you're just talking, you're talking to them. Oh, I have the, I, I listen to this podcast. It's really cool. Hey, do you have an Apple phone? Oh, you have an iPhone? Hey, can you do me a favor? Just subscribe to it for him. Yeah. Just, I did that. To, I did that to a client the other day. <laughs> I love that. I did. She was going on a trip. I'm like, oh, I go, you can listen to me your entire flight. <laughs> oh my God. I They're know. probably like, great. More charity mispronouncing <laughs> things and putting ours on other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so just feel free to subscribe to Case Watch Podcast on all your friends' phones. All your friends' phones. And you can do that on all the ones. It's not just Apple. You can yeah. subscribe to us on all the different platforms. That's true. And they are good at doing that. We and are. Also, come join the Crime Creep group. It's growing. It is so fun. And there's some super fun stuff that goes on in there. 
a lot of the stuff that you see on the show or here on the show comes from the comes from peeps. that group. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty active community. We do. And honestly, I got to say thank you to each and every one of you creeps because you give me and Charity a little fun stuff. Just because I don't respond to as much stuff as the social butterfly charity over there doesn't mean that I do not read it all because I do. And all I have to say, people that are listening may not know, but Mark loves salsa. <laughs> Just remember that, guys. Mark loves salsa. This, I was laughing so hard at that. I was like, oh, my God. The people that know. <laughs> that know. and the, the rollerblades. Yeah. They are still talking, but we have to get a video. Come on. We got to do it. I'll help you. I got to get knee pads. I'll hold your hands and, and we'll make Kristen video it for the crime creeps. She would laugh too much. That would be even better. Hearing her in the background laughing. Ooh, you have those things. What things? The things that you can attach. Don't you, don't you have a camera that you can hold out? I have, I have millions. Yeah. So we, we have access to all of that stuff. Charity, look behind you. What's that? I don't know. It looks like a scary contraption. Is it's it alive? A, it's, a, it's a big camera. That's a, oh. it's a commercial camera. Is it taking pictures of me right now? No, it's oh. facing the other direction. It's oh. a big video camera, you okay. weirdo. <laughs> I am a weirdo. All right. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.